Girlfriends, episode number 36, Get Rid of Guilt. Hello and welcome to Girlfriends. I'm Danielle Bean. I'm a wife and a mom, and I'm on a mission to help you know your worth as a woman so you can find peace, balance, and joy in family living. So what are we waiting for? Let's get started. Hey, girlfriends. Welcome. Welcome to another week of the Girlfriends Podcast. Thanks for showing up once again. I'm glad you're here. This week, we're going to talk about guilt. And I've got a great guest, Daria Saki, who we don't specifically talk about guilt in our conversation, but it's very much related. She talks a lot about comparing ourselves to other women and the pitfalls of that. Um, but before I get started, I want to apologize for the fact that I'm still using this dumb headset to record this podcast. I am not an audio expert by any means, but I did my research before I started doing this podcast, and I spent about $70, if I remember correctly, on a nice microphone. I think it's called an ATR, whatever that means. And it's supposed to be, you know, decent quality sound. Well, that microphone in the nine months or so since I've been doing this podcast it it stopped working. And then even more annoying, it would stop working like in the middle of a recording and I wouldn't know it stopped working. And I'd record like, you know, half a podcast before I realized and turned out to be a huge waste of time and a huge source of frustration on a number of occasions. So I just stopped using that one. <laughs> so I'm using my Logitech headset and I know the sound quality isn't as good. I can't tell much of a difference, but I know people who are experts in that sort of thing, have a lot of experience in that sort of thing, definitely can tell. And I'm sorry if it's a nuisance to you. I'm just hesitating to spend the money again on a, another microphone like that because I, I felt disappointed in the quality of that one. So if you know about these things and you have a recommendation for me, I would love to hear it. That would be great. Uh, you know, a decent quality microphone for not too much money. I guess I'd be willing to spend the 70 or $80 again um, if it really was a worthwhile microphone. And maybe it was just a fluke that this one didn't last very long. It's not like I overused it just recording one podcast a week, but Whatever, that's life. Um, so in the meantime, you're stuck with me on this headset. It's the best I can do. But I hope you will. Just um, send me an email, danielle at daniellebean.com, or give me some voice feedback. Let me know what you recommend for my recording equipment. That would be super. Um, also, I wanted to this week do another healthy goals check-in. It was my intention back in January with one of those first podcasts I did where we set some healthy goals for the new year. You know, I called them doable health goals for 2016 that I wanted to kind of check in with you all on a regular basis, see how you're doing, report um, what I'm what I'm, do, what I'm doing, I'm doing, doing with, with regard to healthy living goals. And I haven't done that, not in a while anyway. So I thought we should do that this week. So um, what I'm doing, let's see. Well, what I did was I took a two-week vacation where <laughs> it was hard to find the time to, or the opportunity to exercise and get my steps in and eat right. But that's why they call it vacation. But um, since then, I've been back home and I'm getting back into my routine of healthy eating. Um, although, I don't know if you feel like this, but at the end of the summer, I am so sick of salad. I really do make it my goal to eat one big salad a day, generally for lunch. And um, I usually really like salad and you can vary the ingredients and whatnot. But by the end of the summer, I am just saladed 
out. And I'm telling you this even as I just had a big salad for lunch again. Um, if you have some ideas for how to eat vegetables in your day or different kinds of recipes that I might consider during the fall months for vegetables that could be a variation on a salad, I I really do like lots of different kinds of vegetables. Um, but I'm just getting tired of eating them raw with dressing with some protein on top, that sort of thing. Um, so if you have some ideas for that, that would be great. But in the meantime, I am tracking still, not precisely, I'm not perfect about it, but I am tracking what I eat through the MyFitnessPal app that I talked about in a previous episode. And it sounds like a pain in the neck to record every single thing you eat all day. But I'm telling you, it's actually not. It's not a big deal at all because, well, if you're like me, you end up eating a lot of the same things, especially over the course of a week. So after you spent a week using the app, your most common foods are in there and you just have to tap them to add them to your day. And I find there's nothing more effective for controlling what you're eating than actually making yourself pay attention to what you're eating by recording it. I I just think there's no substitute for that. And, you know, some people find a balance doing, you know, different kinds of diets and whatever, and you got to find what works for you. But this is what works for me. And I really do recommend it if you are at all wanting to improve your eating habits or wanting to lose weight. There's, you know, it's a good way to set a goal for yourself and then keep track of how closely you're following that goal. I don't recommend it if you're an obsessive person who's going to obsess about numbers. If you at all are inclined toward having an eating disorder, this is terrible. I mean, it's really terrible because you're keeping track of every calorie. And it does give you, I think even someone like me, I'm not inclined to have any kind of an eating disorder. I've never had issues with that. But it does sort of trigger something in your brain that's a little bit competitive and a little bit like it's like playing a game and um, tracking your calories, seeing if you can come in under a certain number every day and that sort of thing. So if that is a weakness for you, if that's something that um, might be a pitfall for you, I don't recommend this app. But if you're looking for a way to kind of, you know, make yourself accountable, uh, I really do recommend it. So in the, in the MyFitnessPal app, and there are lots of different apps. I haven't tried them all. I'm just recommending this one because I happen to use it. Um, you track your calories if you want to. You don't have to do that part. And you can track your steps, which is the part I really like. Um, because as I said in a previous episode when we were doing a healthy goals check-in, I had never tracked my steps before. And I didn't realize on days where I didn't run, or even on days where I did run outside of the run, just how sedentary. sedentary. Is that a word? Yes, right? Sedentary, I was. I was sitting around all day. And I mean, sitting around, I was doing work. It's because, you know, my work at home and homeschooling and whatnot requires me to be on a computer. So I would often just spend a large chunk of every day sitting. And um, so to combat that, I started tracking my steps. I use my treadmill as a walking workstation for things when I don't need to type so much when I'm doing research or, you know, doing some easy clicking around for my work or moving files or whatnot. I can do that while I'm walking with the treadmill set on anything from 2 to 2.5. And that's a great way to get my steps in. So my goal that I have for each day is to get in 10,000 steps. And I've been really good about it. I've been pretty darn good at finding ways to walk and I find it's it's really nice and it kind of inspires the rest of my family to move like I'll take the dog for a walk or um, the kids will come with me on their bikes or on a scooter or Gabby has her rollerblades and it, if mom's going it kind of makes it an, an event and kids will participate that way so I found it's kind of had a healthy ripple effect inside of my family life and just for me I, I feel much better 
physically when I'm moving on a regular basis and tracking steps, although you don't have to track your steps, of course, to go for a walk every day or whatever you're going to do, whatever you're going to add to your, your fitness goals. But for me, tracking it was a way to kind of set a goal for myself. And I would realize if I was having, um, uh, a much less active day and I'd look for ways to make up for it. And so it was kind of motivating in that way. So that's the My Fitness Pal app. I really do recommend it if you're looking for motivation. And especially this time of year when it's beautiful fall weather in many parts of the country, it's um, much easier to get outside, to move around a little bit. I really do recommend this. If you're looking for a fresh start for this fall, if you're looking for um, a new way to set some healthy goals for yourself that aren't going to be too overwhelming, um, you can set dietary goals and or set steps goals through the MyFitnessPal app. So, yeah, I'm I'm not sponsored by MyFitnessPal. I wish I were. I just realized I said their, the name of their app like 17 times in a row. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. Um, so we wanted to talk about guilt today. And I did think of it after my conversation that I had with Daria that I'm going to share with you in a little bit here, where we were talking about competitiveness and kind of um, sizing yourself up compared to other women, that sort of pitfall that we all are subject to at some point in our lives, sometimes worse than others, depending on the group that you're hanging out in. But then I started to think about guilt and like mommy guilt, you know, like that feeling that you get, like, I should be doing that thing. I should be doing that. Then, you know, you kind of beat yourself up a little bit when you see something somebody else is doing. When you see like some headline about feeding your family with the whole 30, or you see somebody who's training for a marathon, or um, you see some article about getting more organized at the start of the school year. And it's that guilt that you kind of feel. And you know what I always think accompanies that guilt is a feeling of helplessness. You never have that like mommy guilt feeling or even just in your personal life guilt feeling about those kinds of goals and then feel empowered to go take on the world and change your life. The guilt, I think, paralyzes us. And that's why I think it's unhealthy. Whatever the goal is, there are lots of great goals out there. Um, but there's lots of guilt inducing articles, too. If you click around, oh, my gosh, the stuff where they're like, you know, five things to do every day if you want your kids to be successful or seven things that you need to be doing every day to make your kids feel loved. Oh my gosh, that's the worst. You know, I almost don't even want to read it because it makes me feel terrible. I know I'm not doing them. I know I'm not. So, you know, that kind of guilt is really unhelpful. So before we start talking about getting rid of guilt, I want to make a distinction here between healthy guilt and unhealthy guilt. Um, Guilt is a healthy response in some situations. It's our conscience. It's God speaking to us that something's out of line in our lives. So that kind of guilt is healthy healthy and helpful. So if you're experiencing that kind of guilt where God is talking to you about something in your life that's out of line, that isn't where it should be with regard to your faith life, with regard to morality, whatever's going on in your marriage or in your, your relationships with other people, if you're experiencing that kind of guilt in a way that you know is is telling you that you're out of line, that you're out of whack, you're not where you need to be in your relationship with God, that's a healthy guilt. Respond to that. You don't get rid of that except by amending that part of your life, working toward amending that. You can do that through confession. You can do that through um, spiritual guidance. You can do that through counseling. Um, but those that kind of guilt shouldn't be just gotten rid of. That I'm talking about unhealthy guilt, which is an unhealthy response to things that we we 
we aren't out of line with, that, you know, generally we're doing an okay job in our parenting or in our marriage or in taking care of our bodies or whatever it is, that the kind of guilt that we sometimes feel toward not being perfect, you know, it's that you're not, you're not perfect. You haven't achieved all the things or that you, the guilt you feel when you see someone else doing something that is very good, but it may not be a very good something that you're supposed to be doing. Um, so we need to differentiate between those two. And if you're at all confused about that, if you're experiencing guilt about a particular thing in your life, seek out good, a good counsel, whether it's a priest or a counselor or just talking to your husband about it. Find out if that's a healthy guilt or an unhealthy guilt. Learn to differentiate between those. But I think a lot of us know we know when it's that unhealthy, unhelpful guilt, and we indulge in it anyway. We beat ourselves up with it anyway. We paralyze ourselves with it. And in a way that really doesn't serve us, it doesn't serve our real goals in life, it doesn't serve our families, we're not helping anybody by diving into that kind of guilt and accepting it. So if you determine it's the unhealthy guilt, I've got um, five different points I want to make about that um, that are good to keep in mind if you're looking to get rid of that mommy guilt that I, it's not even just about mommy. You know, I, we talk about that because that's pretty common to feel like you're not measuring up as a mom or you're failing your kids in some way. But I, I just call it woman guilt or human guilt. I mean, I'm sure guys do it too. Maybe not in the same ways we do. But um, I think it's a natural inclination that we have to just um, and to look for ways to beat ourselves up, to look for ways that we're falling short and focus on those so that we, we aren't actually focusing on the work that God's really calling us to do. So the first point I want to make, if you're experiencing this kind of unhealthy guilt, let's say you just saw that headline or you just read that stupid article about what you need to be doing every day if you really want your kids to not fail in life, you know, um, and you're feeling that guilt, you need to remember, the first thing to remember is that God made you unique. God made you unique. And he gave you to your kids, to your spouse, to your friends, to your community. He put you right there in those relationships for a purpose. It's important that we recognize that. I don't think we pause often enough and think about that. The fact that we each are unique and we're meant to be a unique gift to the people around us, the people we're meant to take care of. And usually that means inside of our own homes and families, inside of our own marriages, that God knows exactly you. He knows you perfectly. He knows you better than you know yourself. All of your weaknesses, all of your flaws, all of your gifts, all of your strengths. And he put you right where you are. And he gave those kids to you. He gave that husband to you. He gave those friends to you. He gave that mom, those sisters, that parish to you. Because he knows the work he wants you to do inside of those people's lives, inside of that community, inside of that family. So, when you're looking around you and feeling like you're not measuring up, just remember that you're unique and the ways in which you're not measuring up are very likely not ways you're supposed to be measuring up. That that even though sometimes we, we get focused on our flaws, even with our flaws, God knows our flaws, and yet still he chose us to give to our children, to give to our families, to give to our husbands as a unique blessing, as a unique gift. He knows exactly what they need perfectly. And he knows you perfectly. And he made that match. So it's important to trust in that. Remind yourself of it. Find your strength in that. Get empowered by that idea that I'm meant to be a gift to the people around me with my own unique gifts and strengths. Not focusing on the flaws. That's despite the flaws. So remembering that you're unique and that God gave you to your kids. God gave you to your spouse is so important. And then secondly, 
when you're feeling distracted by a thousand different things that you think you should be doing, that's what the guilt's all about, right? I should be doing that. I could be doing that. I'm not doing all the things that, you know, talk with the people in your life that you're hoping to serve. Usually that means our husbands and our children. Um, Sometimes it would mean an employer or um, people inside of your community, friends that you have or extended family that talk with those people that you're hoping to serve about what they actually want. Because sometimes we get so distracted by things, the stuff in the magazines, the stuff we read on the blogs, the stuff we saw on Facebook or Pinterest. Oh, forget Pinterest. If you struggle with guilt, just take that app off your phone already. (laughs) I, I love Pinterest. I think it's fun to go on sometimes, but I can see how some people get sucked into a vortex there and come out and then look at their real homes and families and feel disgusted. (laughs) because it's ugly and it's messy and it's not perfect and um so if if that's a weakness for you get rid of pinterest but i want to encourage you to actually talk to your family about what they want what their priorities are it's probably not what you think and this can help you with regard to you know you think you're not keeping up with the housework in ways that are hurting your family well talk with your family about what what housework needs to be done on a regular basis to keep your home happy, healthy, and functioning. It might not be what you think. There might be things you can cross off your list just because you added them because your mom always did it that way, or your friend does it that way, or you saw it in a magazine once, or about meals. If you're, you know, stressing about meal preparation, that it's not picture perfect. It's not exactly what you want to be doing, or you're feeling like you're not measuring up in that way. Talk with your family about what's important to them. Um, also with regard to balancing outside activities with what's going on at home, a lot of times we have guilt both ways about that. You know, I, I think it's really important to keep in mind that we're looking for a balance and the balance is going to look different for everybody. It's going to look different for every woman inside of her family because every family, every home has different needs. Every woman has different gifts and strengths she's meant to use to serve her family. So figure out what those are. Figure out what your family wants and actually needs and have those conversations about what what should be done and who should do it and in what way it should be done and what's reasonable to expect and set limitations that way. I think it's really important. Sometimes we end up beating ourselves up with all kinds of that mommy guilt that wife guilt about projects that we don't even need to be doing. It's okay to not be doing. And we need to give ourselves, oh, do you hear Apollo? I think he's barking at a bear in the woods. Wow, this is exciting on the Girlfriends podcast. It's our very first bear. At least I assume that's what it was. It was something black and running away. I'm so proud of my little Apollo for chasing away the big bad bear. (laughs) I took Apollo on the trails this morning and um, he was pulling me around in every direction, sniffing, sniffing, sniffing. And only halfway through our little trail walk there did I think, oh my gosh, what if he's smelling a bear and he's like leading me to a bear. (laughs) And now we come home to see the bear. Anyway, sorry for that distraction that you only get that here at the Girlfriends Podcast, real live action with bears and dogs from my home here in New Hampshire. Anyway, Okay, so that's it for that point. Talk with your family about what they actually want because it might not be what you think and you might be able to cross some stuff off your list that are guilt-inducing. All right, um, my third point I want to make is be careful what you read. I already talked about Pinterest, but you know there are way too many experts out there. All those articles, five ways, 10 things to always do or 10 things to never do and um, all the rules and people who are experts in family life or in organization or in work-life balance and all the things, parenting and schooling and 
there are a lot of experts out there and it's great if you, you know, if they inspire you and you want to get ideas, if you're looking for ideas, but if you're trucking along and you are, you are doing pretty okay in your life with, with what you're accomplishing and people in your home are happy and healthy and growing and thriving, then you don't really need a lot of expert opinion about that. You don't need outside opinions about what you should be doing and what your goals should be and what to always do and what to never do. So if that kind of reading is bringing you down and causing you guilt in distracting ways, just stop doing it. Uh, sometimes I won't even click on an article and sometimes it takes uh, a lot of willpower to not click on it because I'm, I'm wanting to click on it just to find out what the thing is that, you know, I can beat myself up about that I'm not doing, that everybody else is doing and the experts recommend and the research supports. But the fact is, you know, you, you don't have to listen to the experts. You are the expert in your life. You get to be that. Nobody else is. Nobody else gets to tell you what any of that is, what, what's important to you and what's important to your family and what your goals are. Nobody gets to tell you that. You decide that. So because sometimes those experts and those things that we read and will, you know, listen to or, you know, maybe some of those home improvement shows. Oh, I, I have to turn them off sometimes. I really enjoy HGTV and Dan and I have gone through phases where we'll watch those home improvement shows and some of them are really fun, but then I would find that I was coming away feeling bad about my house, about the home we live in, and that we've worked hard to build over the years. And that's so stupid and unfair to my husband, who's worked so hard to build this house, you know, to to watch those expert shows. And it's not fair. They have these tremendous budgets and, you know, these these beautiful designers come in and just create the perfect plan and then they end up with this beautiful kitchen and you know what I am blessed to have the home that I live in and I don't need that kind of distraction so it's important that we remind ourselves of that the fact that we are the experts in our our own lives so um, you know don't let anybody make you feel guilty or make you feel bad about what your present circumstances are if you would be happy with them and your family is happy with them um, if it weren't for those outside opinions. Speaking of outside opinions, that's the next point I want to make. Sometimes it's helpful to get an outside opinion. If there's something that's really nagging you, um, sometimes we get too confused. We get too lost inside of our own heads and we do need that outside perspective. You know, if there's something that's nagging you and you're feeling guilt about something in your life and you're not sure if it's helpful or unhelpful guilt or you're not sure if this should be a goal for you, it can be helpful to get an outside opinion. And by that, I mean a trusted friend or talk to your husband or make an appointment with your priest. Um, you know, don't go during regular confession times. That's that's for really quick laundry list confessions because you've only got a half hour a week. Make an appointment if you want to talk to a priest about what's going on in your life and what kind of goals you should be setting. If there's guilt that you're feeling to figure out if it's good or it's bad or what your what your goal should be. I know it's easy sometimes we can feel, um, you know, it's one of those things you're guilty if you do and guilty if you don't, you know, and when you get stuck in a place like that, I think it's really helpful to get an outside opinion about what your life's goals should be. And then finally, the last point I want to make is if you do decide that you need to be doing something new, you need to be starting something new, setting a new goal, making a change in your your habits or your way of doing things, because, you know, we do that all the time and it can be very healthy. It could be with regard to your health. It could be with regard to organization or meal planning or housework or how you balance your, your home life with your work life or in a relationship that you want to spend more time with. It can be really good to set a goal. If you do decide that it makes sense to set a new goal, 
then take that first step. This is how you get rid of the guilt. Because we can decide that, yes, I should be more organized. I I should, you know, clean out that closet and stay on top of it or whatever it is. I, I should be meal planning better or, um, you know, I, I should be exercising more often. Whatever it is that you decide is what your goal is, then take action. As soon as you decide, as soon as you possibly can take even just the smallest action toward accomplishing that thing, when you take that action, it relieves you of that guilt. You're like, okay, I'm doing it. I'm on track. I'm going in the right direction. And it can be a really small step. It could be as small a step as putting out your your workout clothes for tomorrow morning so that you're going to get up and go for a run or go for a walk before the kids go to school. Or if it's an organizational thing, then it's, you know, getting you know, if you're cleaning out uh, right now, okay, I'm going to use mudroom because my mudroom is a disaster after the summer season and the switch over and sweatshirts and oh my gosh, it's horrifying in there. Um, so yeah, I need to set a goal and it would be a healthy goal for me to um, be better organized and clean out the mudroom. Now, maybe I don't have a whole half a day to spend gutting my mudroom and, and getting to the bottom of it, but I can spend a few minutes in there every day and I can decide right now, and now I guess I have to do it this afternoon after recording this podcast to take a small step toward doing something in there. Maybe I'm just going to focus on the the shoes, you know, or the boots and uh, pull out the boots for the winter and put away the, the sandals and water shoes and whatnot from the summer that, you know, just do that one thing or um, bag up sweatshirts that nobody's worn or don't fit anybody and um, put them in my car to give away the next time that I go out. You can do that. You know, take that one small action in the right direction toward meeting your goal. Sometimes we just get paralyzed like we're, we're afraid to start something. And that just adds to the guilt. It heaps on the guilt because then every time you think of it, you're like, oh, I still haven't done a single thing. But do the one thing. Do one little step in the right direction. And it's very empowering and it's very encouraging toward you taking the next step when you can successfully achieve that first thing. And then when you get that little twinge of guilt, you can banish it because you're doing something about it. You've already taken a step toward meeting that new goal. So do you have ideas that you want to share with me about guilt mommy guilt or otherwise, good guilt versus bad guilt. How have you experienced this in your own life? In what ways do you manage guilt? In what ways do you suffer from guilt? In what ways do you need us to help you get rid of guilt that's not helpful and not healthy for you? You can email me at danielle at daniellebean.com. You can go to daniellebean.com and leave me a voicemail. I would love to hear from you that way. Just click on the little tab that says leave voicemail and it'll take you to SpeakPipe where you can leave a 90-second message. If you want to talk for more than 90 seconds, just add another message and I'll put them together for you. Or you can send me an MP3 that you record on your phone. Or we can connect on Voxer. I love the Voxer app. It's an easy way to record a message and very quickly send it to another person. You can connect with me on Voxer through the link in the show notes at daniellebean.com. Hey, girlfriends, who are we talking to this week? It's time for an interview. Like I said at the start of the show, this week we're talking with Daria Saki, who is a seasoned mom, a blogger, a writer, and she just talks very openly and honestly about the challenges of motherhood and the ways in which she sometimes has felt guilt over not measuring up. I know you're going to enjoy it. Take a listen. Hello, everyone. I 
am happy to be welcoming a friend and colleague here with us today on Girlfriends. Daria Saki is joining us. Daria lives in northwestern Pennsylvania. She's been married to her husband, Bill, for 36 years, and together they have seven children and four, soon to be five, grandchildren. She's written for many Catholic publications and is currently a senior writer at Catholic Digest. Her most recent book is The Everyday Catholic's Guide to the Liturgy of the Hours, published by Servant Books. She has also written several student texts for Ignatius Press's Faith in Life Catechetical Series. Her blog is called Coffee and Canticles. Hi, Daria. Welcome to Girlfriends. I am so glad you're here with us. Hey, Danielle. I'm I'm thrilled that you invited me. Yeah. And, you know, we go back because <laughs> mm-hmm. you way back to like Faith and Family Days uh, before Catholic Digest, but um, and even further back than that, because you um, wrote some of those student texts mentioned in your bio for Ignatius Press's Faith and Life right. Series. I always thought of you as like my kid's CCD teacher. Because wow. <laughs> we impressed. use those books, and I'm like, "Thank you, Daria. This is so helpful." <laughs> oh, that's funny. So yeah, we'll put a link to those books and your book, "The Everyday Catholic's Guide to the Liturgy of the Hours," which is an excellent book from Servant. Um, so if ever you've wondered about the Liturgy of the Hours, if you feel afraid of the Liturgy of the Hours, if you don't even know what we're talking about, <laughs> check it mm-hmm. out because it's it's very aptly titled "The Everyday Catholic's Guide" because Daria, as an aficionado of of the Liturgy of the Hours is just such a helpful guide and encouraging guide to, to those of us who might like to pray with the church in that way. Maybe you can, just before we get started with our regular questions, Daria, explain um, to the listeners a little bit about what you did in that book. Um, well, lots of people have heard about the Liturgy of the Hours and, and have become interested in it, uh, but they've you know tried it, they bought a breviary, they tried it, couldn't figure it out, couldn't get into it for whatever reasons. And the book itself doesn't come with good instructions. It's written for people. It's written for nuns and priests and seminarians who are learning it by watching other people who know how to do it. Mm -hmm. Um, So I thought I would uh, take care of that problem, both (laughs) by explaining the how-tos and also telling people, what is this? What is the origin? And why is it such a good way to pray? Because it's so very scriptural and because it's liturgical prayer. You're not just praying your own little thing. You're praying Mm -hmm. with the whole church universal. So I could go on about that all day, but um, that's not what we're here for. <laughs> well, yeah, but people can check that out. Um, your blog is Coffee and Canticles. What is the URL for that? Um, I th- just do a search on Coffee and Canticles and it'll pop up. I think it's dariasaki.blogspot. Okay. Um, but that's, you know, a lot of spelling. Coffee and Canticles, it'll, it'll be there. Okay, great. Um, I'm hearing a beeping. Is that on your end or my end? Oh, that's there's motion detectors in the yard okay when somebody is is um wandering too far away but that was a cat going by so oh no problem whatever. <laughs> well, welcome to girlfriend's cat <laughs> <laughs> all right so we even have pets and mascots here at girlfriends um the cat wandering through Darius yard so yeah so we'll check it out on coffee and canticles they can check out that guide to the liturgy the hours and um, I really do recommend it. Even if you're not going to commit to always praying it, at least explore that kind of prayer. It's a really beautiful part of our church's tradition. 
So, all right, Daria, though, this is not what we do on Girlfriends. We talk about very specific questions that I ask of everybody who comes on here. And I've really loved hearing the diversity of answers that women have to these very basic questions. But I think they get to the heart of things that really matter to us as wives and mothers and daughters and girlfriends. So this first one I'm going to ask you, I've asked of many people. So maybe you can tell us about a time when you felt like you really triumphed. Was there a time in your life where you first ever felt a sense of achievement, whether it was in your work or your personal life? Well, you know, when I saw these questions, you gave them to me ahead of time, I kind of panicked because they reminded (laughs) me of these trick job interview questions. And I was obsessing trying to find the one moment, you know, Mm -hmm. and I was like racking my memory. And I'm thinking, oh, I'm just so old. I'm forgetting my life. What happened? I've done my So I I can't give you a peak moment. I can give you a few examples and some of them are kind of funny. Sure. Um, You know, there's, of course, there have been many, which we all have when, you know, you're surrounded by your family, you see your kids doing something right, and you're feeling that accomplishment. But, you know, I've had lots of those. And um, I can't pinpoint one. Mm -hmm. Uh, I can pinpoint a couple times when several of my kids on different occasions would come to me and just say out of the blue, wow, you know, mom, our family is so cool. Our family is great. No other family is, is as good as our family. And that's happened several times. And, and I thought, wow, you know, I maybe hopefully have done something that created that feeling, you know, mm-hmm. that feedback from my kids, which was unsolicited. Just uh, it's what you want. You want your kids, despite, you know, despite the, t- the times that they fight and don't get along and all these different ups and downs of life. Right. But basically they do feel close to each other. Um, and they do to this day, you know, they're yeah. all grown up now. That's so that, beautiful. that was really wonderful and triumphant. My other ones are funny. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought first of um, of the times when I've um, found in myself some unexpected talent I really didn't know I had, like the time when um, I killed a rattlesnake in our backyard in California. Oh my gosh! And it, was, <laughs> it was because, and, and there was there were like third. I was celebrating two of my kids' birthday parties, their June eighth and June 9th. So we had like thirty children, you know, in our yeah. house. And one little boy had wandered out while the other kids were inside watching a movie and said, Mrs. Saki, there's a big snake in the backyard. And I went out there and I saw this thing three feet long, three inches thick. Ugh. And I thought, okay, if, 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 I, if I just chase it away, it'll come back. And these, it's all these, this is California. All the children right. inside the house were barefoot mm-hmm. and they were not going to stay in the house. And I thought I had to kill this thing. My husband isn't home. He's at work. <laughs> oh, my me. gosh. You're amazing. And I picked up this toy rifle my son had got for his birthday, <laughs> this little daisy thing. And I went whack, and it didn't make a dent in it. Didn't oh make gosh. a dent. So then I started picking up. There were lots of stray rocks and hunks of logs and wood around our yard. We had just moved in. The place was a mess. Um, so I started picking up boulders and throwing them down um, on this snake toward its head. <laughs> And, and, you know, following it with slithered away, hitting it with these things. And finally, with a splat, and I was wearing a dress, bare legs. I was pregnant, by the way, too. Oh, my God. Of course you were. (laughs) (laughs) I got it. I killed it. And um, I wasn't great object of admiration among neighborhood children. (laughs) All the boys thought I was cool. And then, um, actually, a number of the mothers, and these were mothers whom were – tip-top homeschooling perfect mothers in my view and mm-hmm. whom, whom I felt a little intimidated by, yep. they all were amazed. 
you know. Oh my gosh. So anyway, there's one of my silly. My silly I love that. Jokes. And I'm just picturing our blessed mother crushing the serpent's head. Hey, <laughs> there you go. Oh, but then, uh, and the, I'll tell you, I had to take a shower because the stuff that, that went is, flat from the snake was all over my legs. That's yeah. disgusting. disgusting. But amazing. <laughs> disgusting and amazing. And you are Wonder Woman. And I'm glad you shared that story. That's amazing. <laughs> Women are awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that is the best. And to think, you know, I, I, I actually think that's a really great example because some of my own personal moments of triumph, especially as a mom, have come in those moments where I do find a strength that I didn't know I had. And oftentimes I find what brings it out is that mama bear kind of protectiveness that we have. And well, who else is going to do it? I guess I need to step up and do it. So I love that. And I wish we had a video. <laughs> It's kind of gross, but um, pretty epically awesome, too. But um, the other thought you shared, too, as well, that, you know, those, those moments that you have where you, you feel like you've you've achieved some sense of accomplishment in a general sense inside of your family life or where, you're, you know, you feel like your, your kids really do recognize the value of what you've created inside of your own home. I think many of us can relate to that. And it is hard, though, to pinpoint that so much it's more of a general sense more of a kind of the sort of thing you'd think of like or recognize looking back on mm-hmm. yeah okay so is that it for triumphs that you want to share or did you have any others oh there was one more funny one too okay I, um, let's hear it when I, I homeschooled the kids and as i said there were some very expert homeschooling mothers including one who was who is nationally known mm-hmm. um who lived down the street from me and again i felt so intimidated but then I, I was the one who put on the, um, the talent shows, mm-hmm. the Shakespeare plays or whatever. And I would do a talent show every year. We called Homeschool Follies. And I would have a crowd be like the kids do a Broadway-style uh, opening and finale number at these shows. <laughs> and after the first one, someone came and said to me, oh, Daria, that was just like something in Tasha Tudor. And I don't know if you know the Tasha Tudor books. I do. Books. Yes. Okay. This is everything I was not. I cannot sew. I don't do crafts. I'm not one of those homespun <laughs> granola. I wasn't that ideal, you yep. know, semi-Mennonite kind of woman that most homeschoolers were aspiring to be in the um, <laughs> 90s, okay? <laughs> and, but, but Tasha Tudor did have her kids put on little shows and things. And I thought, and she said that, and, and this meant <laughs> so much to me. It was yeah. crazy. But yes, that I was in some tiny respect. Like Tasha know, Tudor. Like this, like this ideal. Yeah. So there that you go. That is so great. And you know what that really speaks to for me is the affirmation that we, we need, that we crave from other women about the tiniest little details. And it, it's so important for us to remember how powerful our words are to one another and and I mean, I can think of other moments in my life very similar to that, where someone says something even just in passing, and it really strikes you, and it gives you this incredible boost in such an important way inside of your vocation. Mm-hmm. Really, really beautiful. Yeah. yeah. So good reminder to us all, everybody today, find a way to encourage somebody in that small right. way. Notice something, compliment, because we notice things about each other all the time, but I think sometimes we don't verbalize it. And it's so important to give each other that affirmation because you know what, what we're all doing, homeschooling or not, whatever part of your vocation you're living out at this point, it's it's hard. <laughs> yep. It's so important for us to encourage one another in it. So thanks for sharing that. Thank you for sharing all of those. I think those are the best. <laughs> See, I told you, I like the diversity we get here. There you go. <laughs> Perfect. Okay. Well, moving on to um, our next question is, can you tell us, Daria, about a mistake that you once made professionally or personally, and what did you learn from it? 
Okay. Again, this reminded me of that job interview question, like, what is your greatest fault? You got <laughs> to find a thing that makes you look good. It makes you look good and humble. Right. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I work um, too hard. <laughs> right. I work too hard. Yeah. Um, and again, I couldn't, I, I, I racked my brain for those, for the worst possible thing, whatever, or what I just, nothing came to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got to give an ongoing one. Okay. Which, um, I still make. <laughs> Those are very relevant. Yes. <laughs> no, less than I used to. And this is something, Danielle, this is probably gonna be boring because you talk and write about this all the time. And that is the mistake of comparing myself to other oh. women. Yeah. Tell us um, about that. I am not bored. I love it when women talk <laughs> frankly about these things. <laughs> well, I already kind of gave, and that's why the, the triumphs I mentioned were so, felt so good and affirming because mm-hmm. I had been comparing myself to women who could you know, teach their first graders Latin and have them composing poetry in Latin by mm-hmm. grade five. And, you know, it went on from there. Right. right. Sure. Um, and there was so much of that that I could not do or do well. Um, so that mm-hmm. I was always, comp- or the, the parents who managed to, God bless them, um, go to daily mass with their large family, including a little baby right. every day, 6.30 in the morning. And when I occasionally would drag mine out there um, and, and and deal with the behavior and everything else, I would watch their toddlers and babies who were just angels. Oh, you that's know, that the worst. Kind of thing. I know. You know? <laughs> yes, for sure I know it. I think every one of so, us experiences that. So um, anyway, so the – and it's – I'm talking about homeschooling just because the examples are so vivid, but mm-hmm. it, it occurs – in, in other areas right now, you know, my kids are grown, but I live in the country. And um, every time I talk to ladies in my parish, it's all what their gardens, all the, you know, 36 dozen jars of tomatoes that they can oh this gosh. week. And now they're on applesauce because tomatoes are done. And um, the only crop I successfully grow um, are the, the wild blackberries. In the <laughs> I'm the good at those I, too. <laughs> the ones I deliberately plant, the tomatoes and things, they always get diseases. Mm-hmm. They yield very little, never enough to can anyway. So um, all I can say is, well, I made, I made lots of blackberry jam. I made blackberry syrup. I, you know, <laughs> I made blackberry liqueur. But, but not, you know, anyway, so yeah, there's these super gardeners out here. Um, yeah. And there's, there's other things too. You know, there's people that are more devout who get to adoration every week, whereas me, uh, yeah, Friday yeah. again, I didn't go today, okay? Mm-hmm. With me, if it's once a month, yeah, I'm doing good. So yep. the, the comparing, that's, I, that's, that's always the, the biggest mistake to me. You know, I think it's really important that you talked about that because, like I said, I love it when women are frank about these things because we all do experience it and we all, I think, make that mistake of feeling like we're the only one that feels that way. And I am astonished at the number of things, the variety of things that we will make ourselves feel inadequate about, you know, (laughs) that Mm -hmm. I know at certain times in my own motherhood, I have at the same moment felt bad about not doing enough things with my kids and not being home enough that, you know, like, because it depends who you're looking at and who you happen to be comparing yourself to the, the way in which you're going to think you're falling short. So very important and relevant conversation for us to have and continue to have with each other, but also with ourselves, you know, just being aware of that. Um, I think, you know, it, as we have more experience as moms, it gets a little easier to recognize that temptation and, and make steps to avoid it. Um, but that temptation's always going to be there. Like, hey, look at her. Wow, that's amazing. And rather than just, you know, giving glory to God for that amazing thing that woman has accomplished in her life, we, we end up berating ourselves for not doing it 
ourselves when that exactly when that's not even what God wants us to do. You know, that's the most frustrating thing that, you know, we're, we're so focused on other people's accomplishments and callings that we're in trouble of missing our own because we're just not focused there. But yeah, and I'll tell you, there's the flip side too, which I occasionally do, which is to compare myself when I see someone who is actually doing worse than I am in some area, mm-hmm. to smugly think to myself, oh, well, you know, at least. Oh, yeah, least pat I yourself on the back. Tax collector, you know, I, that's, yeah. I've done that too. Yes. So it, it's both ways. Absolutely. And, you know, that's the mistake that we make of trying to find our self worth through comparison with other people, how we're measuring up to other people when our self-worth is supposed to come through our relationship with God, that every one of us is a daughter of a king, that we're made in the image and likeness of God. And how much more self-worth do you need, right? I mean, right. Yep. <laughs> how much more identity do you need? And and yet there's that temptation. And I, I really think it's, you know, Satan's way of getting in the way of something that he knows can be a powerful force for the good, which is the strength and dignity of every woman. And here we are, you know, and rather than recognize our dignity and worth in the vocations God's given us, he's he's managing to distract us at times. Um, so really important to point yeah. out and and really important to talk about the fact that it never goes away. <laughs> and sometimes it's holy temptation, like you said, comparing about going to mass, comparing about adoration. I, you know, not too long ago found myself fantasizing about the idea, oh, I need to be a saint. And oh, what does that mean? Oh, I need to be like, you know, treating the poor, helping people in missions in third world countries. And, you know, and then, all, you know, and then I woke myself up like, well, look at your life, Danielle. This is not, God is not calling you to the streets of Calcutta right now. <laughs> yes, don't we all get into this thing where we're like, I must discern what God's plan is for me. Right. You know, kind of thing, because I'm not on the streets preaching sermons or all these things you yep. just mentioned. Or going out in the streets and, I don't know, dropping pearls of wisdom upon the poor and needy. I, um, mm-hmm. Yes, I've had that happen too. Mm-hmm. And and then stop. No, God's plan for me is very easy to discern. <laughs> it is what you are, in fact, given to do right here and right now. It is standing in your living room asking you what's for dinner. So, yeah, right, right. <laughs> so easy to discern. But the temptation is to look for something more glamorous, I think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, great, great point. So, thank you for sharing that. Um, let's see before we get to your lightning round I think we have time for one more question I want to ask you about uh, let's see the best advice what's the best advice anyone ever gave you and how do you try to use it okay once again because of my deteriorating memory I couldn't pinpoint a sentence a phrase whatever Mm -hmm. Um, but but what um, struck me in general Mm -hmm. Um, was advice I've gotten from many people, but specifically and earliest in my marriage. Um, For a while, I was very privileged to have a little spiritual direction from Father Walter Chiswick. If you've ever read a book with God in Russia or He Leadeth Me, Mm -hmm. um, he was a priest who spent many years in a Siberian gulag because he was caught functioning as a priest. Wow. Um, And while he was in the gulag, he hit a state of near despair um, because he was drugged and forced into a confession of whatever crimes they imagined he'd committed. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, but he had a, a revelation about um, divine providence and acceptance of God's will and, mm-hmm. and had a complete turnover um, of his attitude. Anyway, um, he eventually obviously got out of prison and is back in the United States and spent the last years of his life as a, as a counselor. Anyway, those few times I was able to um, confess to him and speak with him, um, his he's all about again um, trusting God, trusting providence, 
not worrying um, and that this and that what I just said, the circumstances you find yourself in are indeed God's will for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and just to keep on doing what you've been given to do one step at a time mm-hmm. and that um, the, God's will will be continually revealed in, in the circumstances of your life. Wow. Yeah, that's great. Uh, very grounding advice and um, very much a remedy for what we were talking about, that distraction mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. that um, kind of daydreaming away our circumstances and trying to ignore what God's actually expecting of us each day because it doesn't right. it doesn't feel quite right. <laughs> but yeah, I love that. That's very helpful. And um, people should definitely check out those books that you mentioned Um a great great privilege you had to have that man in your life yeah well he also did our our wedding he was the one who did our wedding ceremony so yeah we were very lucky yeah yeah okay well great um thanks for sharing all of that and now um before we go i want to get your lightning round in i try to make people nervous for it and nobody ever really gets oh it is oh great i finally got a nervous one Well, if it's anything like these 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 uh, other questions, yeah. No, it's not. It's a, it's easier. I promise. All right. Okay. So, all right. And so, sixty seconds of fast, fun questions. This is Daria Saki's lightning round on the Girlfriends Podcast. Here we go. All right, Daria. What is something we will always find in your purse or bag? Uh, sunglasses. Oh, good. Yeah, you're a squinter. Me too. All right. What's one thing that has surprised you most about being a grandma? Gosh, they're just so darn cute. <laughs> they are the best babies in the world. <laughs> and I'm your Facebook friend, so I know yours are especially gorgeous. So, all right. What was the last book you read? And was it thumbs up or thumbs down? Yes. Yes. It's called, it's a thumbs up. It's called Numbering My Days mm-hmm. I, by by Shane. What's his name? Shane Hetty. Uh-huh. It's, uh, oh, it's so good. In fact, I wrote to you about it. I want to write about this guy oh, on yes. the magazine. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a man, a busy, busy career guy with a career wife with one child, a recent convert who uh, just was discouraged by the endless loop of activity in his life, the nonstop childcare and job things. Mm-hmm. And um, he decided to commit to reading the daily gospel and other scripture readings every day for a year and seeing what greater meaning what that did for him and it it was transformative and so i um yeah i enjoyed that book a great deal oh awesome okay well that's it you ran out of time and look for that book in a future edition of catholic digest you're going to be reading daria's thoughts about that thank you daria that was awesome (laughs) well thanks you went through that quick yeah so before we have to say goodbye i always give people an opportunity to share what's going on in your life it could be something personal but you also have a professional life where you've written a book and you have a blog and been a contributor to a number of different publications what's something new that you're working on that you're excited about um i'm um well, I've, I'm writing another book. I've actually written another book. I'm just trying to find oh. a publisher for it, and and uh, it's a little unique. It's something like if you ever read the old Paul Harvey rest of the story. Oh yes, broadcast. yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm doing Catholic stories like that. That sounds um, awesome. And yeah, but I haven't found a publisher who's quite getting what I'm what I'm trying to do here yet. So um, <laughs> okay, well, we're gonna okay. add that um, to our. I'm pursuing the book the book proposal thing. Okay. Um, that's yeah, what I'm busy with. Yeah. Wow, good for you. I look forward to seeing that in print because I'm positive you'll find the right connection with the publisher. And that sounds like a terrific idea. So wonderful. I'm so happy for you. 
All right. And thank you, Daria, for coming on. Thanks for spending the time here with us at Girlfriends. And um, thank you also for all that you do and all that you contribute to the publishing world, but also to your own little world inside of your family and your home. I really love how you share your heart. Well, you're welcome. And thanks for having me. Take care. All right. Bye-bye. Don't you just love Daria? And um, (laughs) that rattlesnake story is a killer. So in today's show, you've gotten um, a bear and a rattlesnake. So you should be ready and empowered to go take on the world. Well, this week, I've got a little bit of voice feedback. Yay! My girl Erica sent this in this week. Hey, Danielle, this is Erica um, from Orlando. I just finished listening to your podcast. I loved it. Um, Know that I am prayfully trying to figure out my finances and get to that point of helping you out and supporting you through um, Patreon. I've been thinking about it for a while now, but um, you are my prayers. Know that I am supporting you. I enjoy what you do. I'm a faithful listener, and I'm hoping to get everything squared out, um, you know, as soon as possible. So thanks again for all you do for us here, um, and I can't wait to hear your next podcast. Have a great day. Thank you so much for that voice feedback, Erica. You know I love good voicemail. So Erica sent that in on Voxer, and you can too. Super easy. Even if you don't want to install the app, you can do it completely online. Just register an account, and you can record on Voxer. You can get that link in the show notes at daniellebean.com. And thank you, too, for your support, for your prayerful support of me and the podcast and everyone who listens here, Erica. Because, you know, you mentioned considering Patreon, and I I appreciate that. And I'm so grateful for the people who support this show through Patreon. And um, if people want to know more about that, you can go to patreon.com forward slash girlfriends. You can find out about a way that you can sponsor this show for as little as a dollar per show. You can give me that shot in the arm. You can let me know that you appreciate what I'm doing and you want to support it continuing to be available for free for everyone. So for as little as a dollar per show, that kind of commitment really means a lot and it can go a long way toward encouraging me to continue to record the show every week. But for those who can't do that, I so appreciate your prayer support. I hear from people all the time who say, I'm praying for you. I'm so grateful for your podcast. I I love what you're doing. And I do remember you and your work in prayer. That is so meaningful to me because I think sometimes we're like, well, I can't make a donation right now. All I can do is pray. And in some ways I hate that. And I've said it myself, you know, like all I can do is pray. Do you understand the value of prayer, the power of prayer? Do you really believe in it? Then don't say all I can do is pray. Say, heck, I can pray. And, you know, and I want those of you listening to know that I do pray for you. I pray for those who listen to this show. I pray for those in um, specific ways when you share what's going on in your life. Um, Sometimes you send me a message and ask that I not share it. I'm so grateful and honored that you would give me the privilege of opening your heart to me in that way, sharing what's going on in your world, what you're struggling with, what your challenges are. And I consider it a privilege to pray for you. So I do pray for those listening. And I encourage everybody listening to pray for this community, pray for the people who are also listening, pray for people who are struggling in big ways and in small ways and in ways they're maybe not ready to share yet. Um, I hear from people all the time that are struggling inside of their family lives and 
we really can do so much to encourage and support one another through that power of prayer. So thank you, Erica. If you want to share a voicemail with me, you can get the link to Voxer and on the show notes at daniellebean.com. Or you can go to daniellebean.com and click leave voice feed mail. But of course, you can always send me a good old-fashioned email. Some people really prefer to communicate that way. Danielle at daniellebean.com. Or connect with me on social media. I'm at facebook.com slash daniellebean. I do have a girlfriend's podcast page, but I don't do very much with it. In fact, I'm terrible at updating it with the newest episodes. I think I just have too many pages on Facebook. So generally, I I communicate through uh, my main professional page, which is facebook.com slash Danielle Bean. I'm Danielle Bean on Instagram and Twitter as well. So you can find me and I hope you'll reach out and communicate with me. Let me know what you thought about the topics we talked about today. Let me know what questions you have or how I can help you or a topic you'd like for us to take up on a future podcast. And I want to thank you for being here. I want to thank you for the time that you've chosen to spend with me once again here this week at the Girlfriends Podcast. Your presence here means so much. I'm so encouraged by the iTunes reviews and subscribes and downloads. It means so much to me that you're willing to share this little bit of time with me each week. It means the world to me. So thanks for being here. And until next time, I hope you'll enjoy your day and God bless your week. Girlfriends is a Danielle Bean production. Know your worth. Find your joy.